0: This AFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you and welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. It is a Wednesday evening. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Busy show lined up for you. Lots of live sport to report on. Cricket taking place down in East London. We've got football coming through from Equatorial Guinea. And we'll also hear from the European Tour. Ernie Els had a fantastic day today. We'll hear from uh, Australian Open as well, where Kevin Anderson advanced through to the third round. And we'll also chat some South African ladies hockey later on in the show. But we start with... With stories making the news, the Proteas are firmly in control against the West Indies at Buffalo Park. The visitors elected to bat and were bundled out for 122 in the 34th over. The Proteas have wasted no time in their run chase. They are currently 890 for the loss of one, and that's in the 20th over. We'll chat to Natalie Germanis in just a moment, live from Buffalo Park. The second unofficial test between the English Lions and the South African A-side in Bloemfontein has ended in a draw today. The stalemate means the series is drawn too. There are another two matches to look forward to in this evening's Africa Cup of Nations from Equatorial Guinea. The hosts are in action as we speak against Burkina Faso. Nil-nil there and we'll chat to Mo Ali in a short while to find out exactly what's happening. This evening's late game sees Gabon come up against Congo. In the Capital One Cup tonight, Spurs host Sheffield United in the first leg of their semi-final. Last night, Liverpool and Chelsea played to a one-all draw. Arsenal have made their first signing of the January transfer window. They've picked up 17-year-old Polish youth international Christian Bailek from lichia Warsaw for a reported £2.5 million. There was some thrilling tennis played at the 2015 Australian Open today. There was huge scares from Maria Sharapova. She came back from match points, and Rafael Nadal also had an epic five-setter. But both advanced to the third round. In the end, Roger Federer also struggled in his second-round clash, but he advanced in four sets. Other second-round matches in the ladies' draw: there were wins for 10-seeded Ekaterina Makarova, Peng Shuai, Karolina Pliskova, as well as Karina Wituft. In the men's draw, three-time finalist. Andy Murray advanced in straight sets, Grigor Dimitrov in four, while seventh-seeded Thomas Burdish advanced in straight sets over Austrian qualifier Jürgen Melzer, Moving into the third round, along with number 24 seed Richard Gasquet as well as Kevin Anderson from South Africa. We'll hear from Chris Bowers later in the show as well as from Kevin Anderson. England have announced their squad for the upcoming Six Nations. Veteran number eight Nick Easter has been recalled three years after he last made an appearance for England in that 2011 Rugby World Cup quarter final where they lost to france danny cipriani has also been brought back into the fold ollie fisher leads day two of the commercial bank qatar masters in doha after the opening uh, opening with an excellent 65 for seven under par the young englishman is one clear of the field with the likes of ernie else justin rose paul Laurie in prominent positions as well nick Dye is in qatar and this is what's happened today Oh, we'll get to that clip in just a moment. Apologies for that. Looking at some cycling news, Juan José Loboto Deval has won the second stage of the Tour Down Under, rising to second overall b- behind Australia's Jack Bowbridge. South Africa's Dal Impey finished second on the day. Impey's currently fourth on the general classification and he's seven seconds behind the overall leader. In some other cycling news, former Springbok fly half Joel Stransky's Absa Cape Epic hopes took a major blow today. Stransky, who's paired up with eight-time national road champion Henriette Skuman in the mix category, came off his bike on a training ride this morning and has broken his collarbone. Went for surgery, all is well, he is recovering, but it does not look good for Joel Stransky. We had him on SAFM Sports Trap just a couple of weeks ago to talk about that partnership, and they were secretly hoping for a podium not looking good. Goods for the pair, though. That's what's happening in your sport. We'll head to Buffalo Park in East London next.
1: SAFM Sports Wrap. It's
0: time for a cricket update, and this Momentum One Day Cricket Report is proudly brought to you by Momentum, Momentum for your financial wellness. It's a good evening to Natalie Germanis. Natalie, the pro tiers are all over the West Indies here, and the match just about done.
2: It is just about done. 28 runs to win for South Africa, and They've got nine wickets in hand. It also means that the series is done as well with two matches still left to play. Port Elizabeth and Centurion was expecting a lot more from the West Indies today. They won the task, batted first. That was the first thing that they got right. And then they just weren't able to get going from there. Their innings never got going, never gained any momentum. And they've got only themselves themselves to blame. Yes, the South Africans bowled well and they fielded well and credit to them. But the West Indies were very, very poor today
0: Natalie I mean that 122 it's not often you see a, a one day international side get bundled out for that like was it Was it a case of South African bowling attack just too strong for the West Indies or, or, or let's be honest were they rubbish with the bat today
2: it was the shot selection, Brad, really. They would be very disappointed. It's the type of wicket where if you pitch it on certain lengths, it doesn't come onto the bat necessarily and might keep a bit low. Other ones, it does. So you need to put away the cut shot, the pull shot. You don't generally play the horizontal bat shots at uh, if on this sort of wicket. And the West Indies were playing across across the line. Their shot selection was incredibly poor. And they'll be very disappointed with that. Yes, South Africa did ball very well. And you have to give them credit for that. They kept things tight, Fernanfilla was impressive up front, but he just it just wasn't enough from the West Indies' point of view, and they'll be very disappointed with it. They had a prime opportunity to put on a good score that would have put South Africa under pressure batting second here at East London, which is never easy under lights, and with a bit of rain about, it would have made things very difficult for South Africa, and they would have been under pressure. But uh, the West Indies just never took the opportunity to at least make it 2-1 in the series. And as I'm speaking to you, Hashimam has just gone past his 27th ODI. I half century at camel 55 balls
0: fantastic. Natalie, I was uh, quite excited when I saw that uh, we were sent into the field first. It's it's something we've chatted about quite a bit over the T20 series and this one-day series that South Africa seemed to be batting first the whole time uh, and then trying to defend a total. It would have been great to see them chase down a big total, but not to be in East London's uh, ground where they've struggled in the past.
2: It is not an easy ground to, to chase on, and it would have been good to see the South Africans just see what they can do chasing. Obviously, in World Cups, if you look back on the history, the games where South Africa has been knocked out of World Cups all of them have been chasing except for one and that was in 2007 in that semi-final against Australia when South Africa were batting first and they ended up making a very poor total and at one stage I think they were about 27 for 5. So that's the only game in World Cups where they've been knocked out where they weren't chasing. So they need to obviously make sure that they perfect chasing in tough situations and obviously in games that really, really count and I think South Africa would love to have chased a big total and just to put themselves under a bit of pressure and test themselves and see where they are at when it comes to chasing. But uh, I'm afraid uh, to chase 123 on a wicket like this and a bowling attack like this, well, that's not really putting them under
0: pressure at all. Well, one of the other positives to come out of that bowling attack today was uh, Imran Tahir picking up a few wickets.
2: Yeah, South Africa will be happy that he's able to, to pick up some wickets. He actually bowled well at the, at the Wanderers, considering the conditions. Today he picked up four for 28 in 7.4 overs. Vernon Philander was excellent today. He's obviously come back from being a little bit on the expensive side, Vernon Philander, in the last game. And uh, this ball has just been skied now by Faf du Plessis, and there's been a hash of it on the boundary rope as the West Indies try and take a catch and try and break this partnership. Jerome Taylor was diving to his left hand side. He wasn't able to take it. I think he misjudged it as well and it ends up going over the boundary rope just to make it even worse which means South Africa now need just 15 runs to win. But uh, from a bowling perspective, just about everybody contributed and South Africa will be happy with that.
0: For all intensive purposes, this match is over. Where where do the West Indies go from here? Two more games in this series. Uh, World Cup looming. This this isn't going to be great for their confidence. No,
2: it won't be but the major factor is definitely a captaincy. Uh, Jason Holder needs to find a way to take a little bit more initiative in the game and really assert himself on the team, even if they lose 5-0. And he finds a way to bring this team together, finds a way to assert himself on this team then they will have accomplished quite a big task ahead of the World Cup because they changed the ODI captain so late. So it would, from their point of view, that's one of the things they would have loved to have gotten right in this series ahead of the World Cup. Another thing, of course, is to get some of their batsmen into form. Chris Gale has had a very poor last couple of years. He's only averaging 20 in the last couple of years in in one day and they need him to fire at the top of the order. Dwayne Smith, as an opening batsman, has played 97 ODI eyes, he's averaging 19 with the bat. That, that's that It's not acceptable. You cannot have your opening bats averaging 19 and then uh, having played that many matches. So from their point of view, they would love to have seen some of their batsmen getting into form. And of course from a captaincy perspective, he needed to find a way that uh, would work um, in leading the side.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tough ask. For the next two games and the World Cup for the West Indies. Natalie Germanis, thank you very much for that update. Don't forget this coming weekend uh, on Saturday afternoon from Hop- five to half past six a brand new magazine show uh, all about crickets called the grand pavilion happening on sabc3 make sure you tune in there that momentum one day cricket report was proudly brought to you by momentum momentum for your financial wellness
1: the only thing i love more than spending time with my family is the ability to provide for them but life is unpredictable that's why i count on momentum because should anything happen to me i know my
3: family will be provided for Momentum's Life Cover Provider gives you half a million rand cover for death, disability, or critical illness from as little as 7 rand 50 a day with fixed premiums for 10 years. Visit Momentum.co.za for a quote or SMS life to 47205. T and Cs and SMS rates apply. Momentum is a division of the MMI Group Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. SAFM Sports Wrap.
0: Time to head to Equatorial Guinea now, where there is more action taking place in the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations this evening. Mowali keeping an eye on the action between uh, the hosts and uh, Burkina Faso. Good evening, Mowali. Almost half time and no goals yet, but there have been a couple of opportunities.
3: Uh, there have been uh, lots of opportunities in the last few minutes, uh, particularly for the stallions of uh, Burkina Faso, Brad and uh a mixture of uh, poor finishing and uh, some uh, fortuitous goalkeeping it must be said uh, has kept uh, the score sheet blank and uh, just before you crossed to us it was Alan Torre who struck a lovely volley and I tell you what the goalkeeper didn't know much about it and the ball hit him rather than the team saving the ball and uh, from the uh, the save the ball came off the upright and unfortunately for Burkina Faso nobody following up to hit home uh, the rebound and uh, just before that, Sibo had a very good chance for the uh, host nation, Equatorial Guinea, but uh, his shot uh, to the near post was well saved at the near post by the uh, Burkina Faso goalkeeper, Jermaine Sanu, who just before that was uh, rather unfairly pen- penal- penalized uh, when he slid as he h- held on to the ball. But, uh, The entire ball, of course, has to go over the uh, penalty area line and uh, the referee awarding the free kick, unfortunately, nothing happened as a result of that. Otherwise, there would have been huge controversy because television replays showing that the entire ball hadn't crossed the line and that it was well within his penalty area. But uh, the Burkina Bay looking good and uh, it's a game they have to win. A defeat will uh, send them out of the tournament and that would be a massive blow to them after finishing runners-up in the uh, 2013 tournament as uh, the Equatorial Guinea side come forward now and the ball goes behind for a goal kick. So two and a half minutes uh, to go to halftime. We still await the first goal. It's Equatorial guinea nil, Burkina faso nil.
0: Thank you very much, Moali. We'll come back to you uh, before the end of this evening's show in the halftime break, uh, just to see what happens uh, in the last few minutes of the first half. And we'll also preview uh, this evening's match as well, another game coming up at 9 o'clock. Up next year on SAFM Sports Wrap, we chat tennis. SAFM Sports Wrap. It was uh, an intriguing day, to say the least, at uh, the Australian Open at Melbourne Park this morning. It was match day three and a couple of scares for a couple of the big seeds today. Maria Sharapova came back uh, and uh, defended a couple of match points. Rafael Nadal looked uh, quite rusty as well. He was taken to five sets. Chris Bowers is
1: in Melbourne and he filed this report. Well the drama seems to come in alternate days at this year's Australian Open. We had two major stories on day 3 and both involved narrow escapes for big names. First Maria Sharapova had to save two match points against the 150th ranked qualifier Alexandra Panova and then Rafael Nadal looks to be heading out when he trailed the 112th ranked qualifier Tim Smyczek by two sets to one and was doubling over in pain in the fourth set. But somehow Nadal got whatever was causing him stomach problems out of his system and he came through to win 7-5 in the fifth set in four hours and twelve minutes. Where this leaves his challenge for a second Australian Open title remains to be seen. We may get a better idea on Friday when he plays Dudi Sella. At one stage, even Roger Federer looked to be in trouble. He dropped the first set to Simone Bolelli and had a sharp pain in the little finger of his playing hand that he believed was caused by some insect sting. Federer later said he'd be supporting South Africa in the Rugby World Cup. He has a South African passport, as of course does Kevin Anderson, who moved into the third round here with a straight sets victory over Richard Barankis. Anderson now plays the former Wimbledon semi-finalist Richard Gaskin on Friday. Chris Bowers for SAFM Sport, Melbourne. Anderson was taken to four sets in
0: his opening round match. Looked a lot better today and Chris Bowers caught up with him after that victory
1: this morning. Chris Bowers with Kevin Anderson. Kevin, congratulations. That was uh, a match that was probably tougher than it looked from the score.
4: Uh, I felt overall it was a great match. I felt the first two sets was quite comfortable for, uh, for me out there. I felt I was serving really well and uh, making him re- uh, play quite a bit on his r- return games. The courts were playing really quick and I was able to catch him uh, I think late on a few shots, but he adapted and the third set was really close. Um, yeah, I've, I was able to just keep quite calm out there whenever you know, when I'm holding serve quite comfortably. It was uh, you know, I was always going to give myself some uh, some chances. I had, I had the one break point, but um, you know he came up with some good shots and then uh, I was happy with the way I played the, the, the break. I felt I was able to continue the momentum that I'd built throughout the match.
1: For those of us watching, it felt almost like a, a man against a junior because the the height difference between you is so big. Did that enter your consciousness at all?
4: No, not really. I mean, I've you know lost to quite a few people who, are not as tall as I am. I mean, it's, I mean it's just different. I've um, you know not known um, uh, my opponent today, Branks, for uh, you know uh, quite uh, quite a long time. He uh, he beat me a few years ago on, on the grass, and I know he's struggled with with uh, with uh, with injury, but. Um, yeah, I was just trying to focus on my game and with the, the way the courts were playing, I thought it really assisted the server a lot today. It
1: seemed hot out there today. I mean, they're talking about a top of twenty nine thirty, but it felt a humid heat.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot warmer. I mean, but as I was saying, just most noticeable was, was you know, just how different the playing conditions were.
1: And with the greatest respect to Barankis, it gets, uh, it goes up as class from now on because on Friday you play Richard Gasquet. Thoughts on that one?
4: Yeah, it's, I mean you know, whenever you keep moving, it's always going to get tougher and, you know, guys are, have now more matches under their belt. I've played uh, Richard a few times now, it's uh, you know, I've been on the losing end a few times I've been in once, it was in three sets in Paris, so, uh, you know, I know what to expect. I'm um, going to have to really focus on playing my game and executing well. He plays a lot of balls, he defends really well, um, he neutralizes a lot of, um, you know, big servers especially with his back end, so um, yeah, I'm going to got a little bit of time just to make sure that I've got the right mindset going into it, but I'm definitely looking forward to the match.
0: South Africa's Kevin Anderson through to the third round. Tough, tough encounter in uh, the next one against Richard Gasquet. Big news coming out of Melbourne today too uh, that uh, the Williams sisters had withdrawn from the doubles draw. So uh, they pulled themselves out but both are in action in the singles tomorrow. So I don't think it's any injuries. I think it's just a bit of a scheduling issue. That's why they have pulled out of the doubles. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare tomorrow, Serena and Venus. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Rap. We chat South African women's hockey SAFM Sports Wrap This is SAFM Sports Wrap On South Africa's news and information leader There is a whole bunch of international hockey Taking place in Cape Town Over the next f- uh, week or so and uh, some interesting matchups to look forward to. The South African men were in action uh, last night, unfortunately getting thumped by the Dutch. But uh, the South African ladies' team in action tomorrow evening against Chile in the first of four tests uh, against the South Americans. They've also got a series that's mixed up in there against the Belgians. And we join now by Sonali Mangisa. Sonani, welcome on to uh, SAFM Sports Trap. Thanks for your time tonight. You must be pretty excited playing in Cape Town in front of a home crowd. It's going to be uh, an epic Few days
5: good afternoon Brad. um yeah exciting cape town is a favorite place of ours we love playing here we love playing in south africa generally but i think it's a summer series of hockey the girls are looking forward to it and um we really really want to kick off the year well
0: you mentioned playing in cape town hartley vale's a, a great place to play hockey there's huge support for you guys down there and it makes a big difference having a, a sort of very rowdy home crowd to play in front of
5: yeah, it always helps. I think being at home, knowing the area, knowing you know, the, the, the people around here helps a lot. We don't have to travel, eat different food, that kind of stuff. So that always counts in our favor, being the home team. But, I mean, Cape Town weather is beautiful. The crowds are great. What can, more can we ask for?
0: Let's talk about uh, the opposition. You, you first up against Chile tomorrow night. They rank 20th in the world. How much, how much do you know about the opposition?
5: Um, we, we haven't played Chile in a while, but I think we've got enough information on them. We, we're lucky enough that we've got a good video crew that's got the that information for us. They've played in a couple of series like the World League around the world, so we do have some information on them. We're going to look at that, analyze it, and make sure we're ready. But I think this is also about a lot about our team, getting things right, prepping for... Uh, Olympic qualifiers and uh, World League semi-finals later this year
0: Yeah, I wanted to mention that It is a big year for, for South African Hockey 2015 and, and this is a great opportunity, it, it's not often that you get a, a long stretch like this together it's, it, it must be great from a, from a team perspective to sort of all be in camp together and, and have some, some really top class opposition to play against
5: Yeah, that always helps and it will give us the opportunity to start taking off certain things, I think as a group we we don't have the luxury. Of a centralized program but we do spend these times together making sure we're working on things connecting with each other and just basically building a good team vibe to make sure we play well
0: so nani as far as the belgians go i mean you've got four tests coming up against the south americans but against belgium there's uh, six so lots of hockey coming up belgium are a, a, a very different kettle of fish to the south americans they're a great side
5: yeah belgium are a great side we played them before um, we continue to play them quite often. I mean, this time last year we had played them as well. So for for us, they're the same for last program. we not, but I think it's for us to, to really look at where the areas that we can pick from them. We've uh, got a good run against them in terms of results, so we'll look to keep that going and make sure we really tick our boxes and win
0: the matches. You mentioned they've got a centralized program and, and we don't. By, by that you mean it's it's not a fully professional game right now, which makes a big difference. Uh, it, it helps a, a lot if you do have a, a core base of players who are contracted by the uh, the different unions. I mean, we've seen it happen in cricket, we've seen it happen in rugby, and obviously hockey pushing very hard for that to happen.
5: Yeah, for sure. We, we're always pushing. I think the association is pushing for that to happen. But I think the goals, we, we know it's not we don't have that luxury at the moment, so we just get on with it and make sure we do things right in our capacity. And I think um, spending these times together, I mean, we're going to be most of January and a bit of February together. It's a long time together, but we, we're going to make sure we tick the boxes and make sure we we prep as well as we can be for the next tournaments, next series, and going forward.
0: Sonny, from a personal point of view for you, I mean, what are you hoping to achieve out of these two, two test series that are coming up in the next week or so?
5: Um, I think for me, um, I had quite a bit of an up-and-down year last year, so for me, it's just to make sure I get back into the team and deliver performances that actually add value to the team and make sure I'm helping the team win games.
0: Sonia Mangisa from the South African ladies' hockey side. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on SAFM Sports Wrap. Good luck for that opener tomorrow evening. It gets underway 7 o'clock at Hartley Vale. Uh, there's some great hockey coming up from the men's and ladies' side. So if you are down in the Western Cape and you into field hockey, definitely go check it out. Uh, all the best, and uh, we look forward to chatting for again soon. Thanks,
5: Brad.
0: Thanks
4: for all the support. SAFM Sports Wrap.
0: We've still got news coming up from the European Tour in just a moment. I can tell you that the Proteus have clinched that five match series with two to play. They reached the target 124 for one in the 25th over, so pretty much halfway through. Uh, Moali, you'll be pretty chuffed to hear that. But uh, in Equatorial Guinea, goalless at half time.
3: Goalless at half time between uh, Burkina Faso and uh, Equatorial Guinea, and uh, Burkina Faso the dominant side in the first half and it was the home side's uh, goalkeeper, Philip Ovono, who was by far the busier of uh, the two goalkeepers and uh, uh, shots uh, saved from uh, Aristide Banzo making his first start of the tournament, as well as uh, Alan Traore, the 19-year-old uh, Chelsea striker, on loan to Vitesse Arnhem in the, the Netherlands at the moment, and uh, Burkina Faso looking the better side, but have nothing to show for it, and uh, as they always say you've got to make use of your chances because the opposition can just get one break away and score and uh, go on to win the game. The results column doesn't say how well you played, and that's exactly the uh, story in the uh, first half. There were one or two chances for the home side, particularly in the uh, 33rd minute, 12, 12 minutes before halftime, when uh, Sipo, the uh, left back, uh, ranged up into the penalty area, fired a shot there uh, with nobody in the uh, penalty area. That was all he could do, and it was well saved by uh, the Burkina Faso goalkeeper, Jamin Sanu, at uh, the near post. But uh, of course, uh, it is uh, Gabon up later on in the, this evening against uh, Congo. And uh, for, for these two teams, I think it's vital that they come out of this game with a victory, particularly Burkina Faso having lost their opening game to uh, the impressive Gabonese side. So at halftime then, it's uh, Equatorial Guinea nil. Uh, Burkina Faso, nil. No.
0: Lots at stake tonight. Not Bufano Bufano, Mo. They played uh, two nights ago. Obviously, loss. Big, big news. Uh, yesterday was Sheik saying that Rivaldo could see us not looking good. Any news out of the, out of the team? Uh, how's that injury looking?
3: Yeah, just news uh, from the Bafana-Bafana camp, uh, Brad, is that Rivaldo Kutsia has injured a knee ligament and is definitely out of uh, the game against uh, Senegal on uh, Friday. There was talk uh, that he was out of the tournament, but that's not been confirmed yet. It has been confirmed that he will miss the game against uh, Senegal. But, of course, Bafana-Bafana uh, will be buoyed by the news that Eric Matoho and Renil wille are available for selection after setting out the first game due to suspension. And it's going to be interesting to see how a will... Uh, Sheikh Mashaba goes about selecting the side because uh, the Senegalese, I can tell you, are huge players. <laughs> they are very, very big indeed. And Sheikh uh, Mashaba will have to counter that, uh, the size of the Senegalese as well, and work out a way. Maybe he could put in the call to the Spaniards to find out how they cope with bigger players.
0: Mawali, <laughs> thank you very much for that. Yeah, lots at stake in Bafana Bafana's last game. And it's interesting Mo says that because that was one of the things that I got. And, and the Senegalese are a lot bigger uh, than the Algerians. And, and that was the feeling I got. If you looked at that game, the other night, and I just thought, gee, we're we physically a lot smaller uh, than the teams we're playing, but hey, they played well. It's just a pity about that loss, and we spoke about it at length, that penalty, really the turning point in Bafana Bufana's class the other night. Up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll head to Qatar for round one of the commercial bank Qatar Masters.
1: SAFM Sports Wrap.
0: Well, it all took place at the Doha Golf Club today, and uh, there was some uh, low scoring. Oli Fischer of England ended up uh, shooting a 65. He's got the outright leads. Only a one-stroke advantage over Spain's Rafa Cabrera-Bello. And then there are a whole host of players sitting on 5 under 11 in all. Three South Africans in there, which is great news. Uh, Brandon Grace in with a shot. Ernie Els. Darren Fichart there as well. Nick Dye is uh, there in Doha, and he filed this report today.
1: Fischer's the winner of one European Tour title in the Czech Republic in 2011. A former Walker Cup player, the 26-year-old has already had a good finish under his belt in Abu Dhabi. He's benefiting from the form of last week, making eight birdies in a controlled performance. Rafa Cabrera-Beo second, while there's a logjam of players on five under par. Ernie Els says he's as comfortable with his game as he's felt in a long while. Twice Doha champion Paul Laurie is looking back to form after a lengthy fallow period. Brandon Grace is continuing his good run. And Rose is there on four under, laying a good foundation for the week, with Sergio Garcia and Henrik Stenson also nicely in touch. It's going to be an
0: interesting uh, final three rounds of this tournament. I also caught up with the leader, Oliver
3: Fisher. Last year, I started the season well. I had a good, a good um, finish down in Africa. Uh, made quite a few cuts last year, so it's just a matter of giving yourself chances and kind of if consistency is good and if your level of play is okay, you can you can kind of keep trying to improve. You know, I've I've had it a few years where I've struggled a bit from, with my long game, and then you know, you're kind of always working at things and trying out stuff and going out on the course and not really sure about what's happening, you know, my feelings are pretty consistent right now, and um, it's just a matter, I keep doing more of the same. And as I mentioned,
0: 11 players sitting on five under par, so anyone can win this thing still. One of those players of the three South Africans that are tied for third was the Big Easy. For the first time in a very long time, yes, I can say that I actually feel comfortable with most
1: aspects, all aspects of my game. Uh, My mental game's quite good, you know, it's still quite fresh, so, uh... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the the rest of the week. It's the first time I've put myself in contention, you know, um, well, since the South African Open, but, you know, it's nice to get
0: back in contention from the first round. That's uh, South Africa's Ernie Els, who is on five under. The other two South Africans, uh, Darren Fichardt and Brandon Grace. uh, One of the others on five under is Scotland's Paul Laurie, and he also spoke to Nick Dye after his opening round.
3: Well, I hit it nicely again. Uh, Obviously, last week uh, was the first real kind of nice week I've had for a wee while. Uh, Finished 20th, which is not a great week, but you're getting there slowly. And it's all about building the confidence for me at the minute. I've had a couple of years where I've not played very well and been injured and hardly played a lot. So it's about kind of round by round just trying to get myself uh, back into a position where you've got a feeling as though you could contend in in a few tournaments. And uh, today was what it was all about. I kept the ball in play, uh, putted nicely when I had my chance. And uh, in the afternoon, I think 500 is a good scorer.
0: Something about a Scotsman playing golf. Love that. Paul Lurie, 500 par, it's still wide open uh, at the Qatar Masters. We'll have more action for you from... Uh, there tomorrow afternoon here on SAFM Sports Wrap. Before we do go though, if you did miss it the Proteas have wrapped up the five match one day international series against the West Indies and today almost looked like a T20 but without the massive run rate, I can tell you that much the West Indies batting first today uh, they won the toss and chose to bat were dismissed for 122 in the 34th over. Uh, as Natalie Jamana said, poor batting performance, shot selection not great but uh, fantastic bowling from the South Africans. Vernon Philander was uh, superb today. He picked up three for 27 in eight overs. Imran Tahir bagged four for 28. So great to see uh, the spinner picking up some wickets too. And then Riley Rousseau went out early. He added seven but then Hashim Amlan, Faf Du Plessis guided the protest to victory. They were both not out. Amla on 61, Duplessis on 51. So that's it for the cricket. So we'll be broadcasting live, by the way, from the last one-day international of that series taking place in Centurion next week. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can tweet us at SAFM Sports Wrap. You can also catch uh, the podcast of the show. Just head to safm.co.za. Coming up next is the Talk Shop with me. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock in time for your news.